to More Real, a podcast about real people for real people. I wanted to create a space where I share my true feelings and those of my guests about what it's like to live in today's world. The challenges we face and how we deal with them, or don't. What about all that stuff that's just not said but should be? You know, the conversations that we really want to have but don't. What do we really think and feel? What about our regrets, dreams that we have and the stuff we should be doing but we don't? Each week, I'll be here talking to real people about real life. This is a very honest look at life, and hopefully, by listening, it will help you to have a better understanding of yours. In today's episode, I'm talking to a friend of mine, Jay, who was originally from Melbourne and now lives in Phuket with his new wife. He's passionate about travelling and living a full and meaningful life. We discuss his divorce and how he dealt with it, the impact it had on him and his family, and how he's moved on since then. Why taking action is so important, how to approach this, and how he constantly tries to challenge himself with new experiences. I really hope you enjoy our conversation as much as we did. Are you divorced? Yes, I am divorced. Happily divorced. Happily divorced, I know that. And how long ago, I've forgotten how long ago, you've been, since you've been divorced? It's got to be eight years, I reckon. How long before you separated did you know you didn't want to be in the marriage anymore? Do you remember that about far back? I reckon it'd be six months, no, no longer than that. It was, you know, because I'm a man, so I don't really pick up on the small little issues. I would say that it would be six months or so, which is not a terribly long time, but that's the way, that's the length of time I, I recall, yeah. And then how did you, how did it end? The marriage? Yeah, like when you say six months you knew, what was, when it came to the end... What was the thing? Well, there was a conversation that I started and I said, well, things aren't particularly working out. And I was already going back and forward to Thailand for quite a few years already. I came back on my trips and I said, I, it's going to be hard for me to say this, but I think we have to separate and find our own path. And I think she wasn't too upset. She sort of just joined in the conversation. I can't recall exactly. She, she uh, tried to initiate... I think uh, approximately maybe six years before that uh, divorce, and I said, let's try and work it out. Maybe there, was, maybe there was even a couple of times when she attempted to to separate. But it was only at that time, and probably even after the divorce, I realised that you know she just didn't love me anymore, which was stupid enough for me to think, well, hold on a second. Why am I in a relationship? <laughs> it took me a long, longer to work it out than she did, but you know, there's no point being in a relationship when you don't love each other. I mean, you can get through other stuff, but generally when it comes to the words that, you know, I don't love you anymore, then, you know, it's time to go. But how many people do you know who would say they were happy in their marriage? Well, after the fact, you gain a lot of knowledge. You, you get, I think, more insight, like anything in life. It's sort of a wisdom you gain over the time. But in my opinion, I don't think there would be more than 15%, and I think I've said this to you before, 50% of the people who are, in fact, happily married and will die at each other's well, not at each other, but they will die at the grave of their partner crying sincerely that they are missed. I'd say given there's 40 to 50% divorce anyway, leaving you know, 35% of people who are together when they shouldn't be together. So you know, they're together for the obvious reasons, for, for children, for money, for thinking that it's too late in life because they're scared, because 
you know, all of the above, probably other reasons, but generally speaking, I, you, know, you look around and you see people and they just don't seem happy, especially when you find happiness and you've got some sort of comparison and you think, hold on a second, but you get in a rut like anything else. So you sort of, it's hard to say, it's, it's hard to, you know, come to, people can't really, don't spend much time coming to any conclusion. And even if they do, they, they sort of, they just say, well, the status quo is okay as it is. You know, it's working. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. But that's because they've forgotten what, you know, real joy is. Mm. If they knew what they could could be having, then they'd probably, a percentage of them, not all of them, because it comes down to character, would probably leave their partners. So I don't think that necessarily knowing will, will, will change too many people. I think still, even once they know, because we all know many things. It'll be it's the same, you know. You can tell someone that you will be happier if you leave, but the pain of leaving, and the pain they they think they're going to be going through, if it's greater than their, the amount of uh, joy that they're going to get. So most people, will just stay in their unhappy marriages, which accounts for thirty five percent, and the the forty or fifty percent who have got out, well, what happens to them is. It's up to them, you know. Not not everyone who who leaves a marriage necessarily knows how to deal with life after marriage. That's an entire discussion, which I'm happy to talk about, but it's certainly something that uh, doesn't happen automatically just because you get divorced. You know, divorce is only one part of the whole experience. Then you know, life version 2.0 or 3.0, whatever it may be, is uh, is another challenge in itself. Think how much you think about your kids. And did you go, oh, I don't want to split with my wife because I'm worried about how my kids are going to react? Of course, so. That, that's a major concern, yeah. you know, for people who are, you know, for people who are together with, together and they don't have kids, oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. I've always said that there should always be a, a divorce agreement, uh, sorry, a marriage certificate should be, should be combined with a divorce agreement where the marriage lasts for, you know, you buy yourself a contract for five years or seven years or 10 years and then... There's an exit strategy because a lot of people say, hold on, I think I'll take that five years. I've had a good time. See you later. That's the best option, really. Oh, you know what? I think I'll go for the 10 years. Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to extend it. I'm having a great time with this lady or man. I think I'll, I'll sign up for another 10, 15-year contract. Uh, that works and it's a brilliant idea and it really should be instituted if there weren't children involved. But children are the, the, you know, the key to many, many marriage breakups or non-breakups simply because you know parents love their children they want to make sure that they have everything that they need in life and it's a it's a very 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 probably the number one concern when you're getting divorced your own uh, reasons selfishness or non whatever reason it is for you wanting to get divorced so yeah my, my kids are very very important probably the most important thing they were somewhat older they weren't 10 12 they're a little bit older than that so they were maybe able to cope with it better than and other kids who are much younger and we always talk about it you know we, we joke about you know now and this is so many years after we joke about how you know how, how their life is completely ruined and screwed by the fact that they i got divorced and i take full responsibility for that but it's all right if you're open about it if you joke about it if you talk about it over and over again it all, all of a sudden it does become really the key issue it's just an issue just one just another issue in life and if they want to use that as a as a reason for their disappointing life that they may have well let's go ahead use it whatever works for them you know that's great but we are we are going to be i always make sure that my kids are aware of everything that goes on in terms of the way 
way they think and the way I think. Not everything, obviously. I can't do everything, but I make a big attempt to to make sure that they're aware of stuff. As awareness is a big thing. How do they react when you tell? How did you tell them? Well, two kids happened to be at home, or not happened to. We, it was one child was not actually at home. She was at a school outside of outside. So we had to do it on separate days. They were upset as you can possibly you know, probably, yeah. probably imagine. It was a, a big shock to them because. Did they expect it? Is what I'm no, saying. Did they I go, understand. Oh, no, no, no. They First of all, they, they, would, they would have been completely shocked because, like I said, six months is not much time for someone to, you know, to feel outside of a marriage and and have anyone pick up the fact that the marriage is over. You know, if there were, if it was a terrible, terrible, terrible marriage the entire time, then the kids would have said, would have said, "Way, why do you? Ah, oh, we've been waiting for this. You guys, she got married, divorced years ago." So. It wasn't at all like that. It was okay, you know. The status quo was, you know, it was okay. We went, we we fought a bit, but probably no different to any other marriage. I'm guessing. I think that all in all, the kids. Well, truth truth be said, the, the fact they were shocked so that we we're getting divorced was was proof in the pudding that that there was nothing mm-hmm. identifiably identifiably obvious when with during the time leading up to it. Maybe they. Got a few hints of stuff, but generally speaking, they were shocked and they were, ter- you know, distraught to say to say the least. But we, you know, we 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 were strong and we let them know that we were still going to be their parents. And then they look back on it now. You just mentioned it before. Do they do they say I'm glad now? I can see how it was, or not no, even how not it was. Ne- they, well, not necessarily. They see, they see that you're happier now. Oh well, I, I don't know, happier, but they know that I'm happy. It wouldn't be fair to my ex-wife to say that. <laughs> Even though it's true, it wouldn't be fair to say that. They they were they're happy for me. I don't. That's it. That's all that matters. I think. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm not going to use the podcast to. No. To blast my ex-wife. <laughs> no. She's no. She's what not she at is. All. I am what I yeah. am. We made, we made choices and we moved on. That's it. Yeah. A lot of people know they want to get out of a marriage, which is and as you say, you've got to be happy, but then don't think about what comes afterwards and how you deal with. So how for you, once you decided, what was what did you then do after you did you had to leave the family home and you went or what what was that? You talk about logistically speaking. Yeah, and well, and and, and emotionally. emotionally. Well, and, I think that a lot of people that that is a big concern. It's part of the list of things that of reasons why people, you know, won't want to get divorced or don't get divorced is because they're very concerned about the aftermath. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? Will I ever find a partner? What you know? How am I going to be financially? Will I be lonely? That could be that could be the way things are for some people, but as I said to you, you know, this is a, a separate discussion about how human beings or how I let's forget other human beings, how how people manage manage life, and it's all really connected to maybe how they were as people in the marriage in the first place. I can speak for myself only, and I can't. I don't know how other people necessarily manage their post divorce experience. But I'm a very positive person. I, I, I take everything and I live as best as I can in the moment. And the, the divorce was over. So I said to myself, what do I have to do to move on? You know, what, what, what is important to me now? What should I be doing now? And how can I, how can I facilitate that? So for me, uh, funnily enough, it turns out, uh, which I didn't actually discover when I was in the marriage, is that love was <laughs> incredibly important to me. And I only realized that post the divorce, having been divorced... For that reason, one of the reasons, obviously, was it, it, we can't say it wasn't because I was loved. That was the only reason. Divorce, the divorce, we've gone our separate ways. We we're different people. We didn't agree on almost everything that came out of her mouth and vice versa, out of my mouth. There was no agreement on anything, like you know, butter or margarine. 
this school or that school that was just just ter- terrible. It was just we were so different. Our characters had become so different. I wanted a simplistic life. It was just very very different. So given that to recreate not recreate to create a future, I had to understand what what was important to me, and that you have to sort of stop and take time out and really look at it. And I I realized that it was very important that I find someone who loved me. That's it. That was it. There was it was wasn't about money. It wasn't about business. It wasn't about my kids. It wasn't about my past, my family. That was it. That was my focus. So I took it on seriously. And can I ask you where that when you got to that realization, which I totally get, where did that come from? Do you think? Did it come from the I come, past? I, well, look, I think it came from a lack of not having. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. I'm not, I'm not. There's not a blame here. It's. It's just. I was in a relationship that was loveless. So I. You know, you have that for a long time, and I think genetically speaking, m- men and women need that that some sort of love. And if you if you haven't got it, then you want it. It's like anything in life. So that was a big, big focus for me. I just went full on to to make sure that happened. And I, t- I took it on like a business. So at the time, I was mostly living in Thailand. I said, "Well, what do you got to do?" So there was spreadsheets, and there was, you know, I had to create my own website, which wasn't completed because I found the love of my life before that actually occurred but I would I had like big spreadsheets people the, the girls who I wanted to meet where they lived their ages how good their English was they have children you know proper spreadsheet and I approached it in a business manner so I would fly to wherever I had to fly to to meet women who I thought were appropriate and I would spend time and do speed dating with people and had a number of uh, affairs and girlfriends along the way I uh, then I found someone who I, I fell in love with and and am deeply deeply in love with to this to this day here. My wife Um is the most spectacular person, most incredible human being I've ever ever come across in my life. So I've completely struck gold. Now one would say, "Wow, you're really lucky. You've got this." You go, "It's not luck. These things don't come via luck. There is a portion of luck you fall across. You know, you could have been anyone really, and that's the truth about love, which." Sort of brings me to something probably worthwhile mentioning. One of the biggest surprises, and I've said this to you before, Dan, is that one of the biggest shocks or surprises I had when I did get divorced was how quickly I fell out of love. Or I fell out of, you know, connecting, well, out of love, I, maybe that's not the correct word here, but how I completely separated from this person who I spent 25 years with who had been with me and lived every day with me and slept in my bed, and here I was, and almost meant nothing to me close to nothing it's sad to say but she was completely divorced from me and in in the true sense of the word and i was surprised by the fact that i had so quickly disconnected from this person who i supposedly you know fell in love with and married the surprise is not so much so that i had quick fallen out of love the feelings completely turned around so quickly it made me question about how i fell in love in the first place why did I fall in love with her? Why not another person? It made me understand, it helped me understand that there is no, for me, and I, I say everything, this is a personal thing and it's not to anyone who's listening to this podcast, certainly. But for me, I just don't believe in you know, marriage is made in heaven and, and uh, this, the person I was meant to have lived with and this is the only one who, I, who was meant to be when I got married. No, I think it's all bullshit. This soul, soulmate crap. Listen, I met my, my ex-wife at an airport 
because her sister happened to be one of one of my person who was I, oh, I who was like a student of mine, so to speak. But who's to say that if I didn't turn up to that airport and and had a, a bike accident and bumped into someone and end up having a love affair with the person who was uh, it, life can take you anyway. But do, do you that's have... not. I don't believe that because I'm I'm an atheist, so I certainly don't believe in God. But I don't believe that God or anyone else, for that matter created this incredible union. It was a reminder to me that just as easily and quickly as I divorced emotionally from this person, that my connectivity to the person, this person in the first place was in fact just a coincidence, just a time and place thing. You know, and the attraction that continued, you know, could be explained psychologically, but really it could have been anyone. Why is that relevant? It's relevant because it doesn't matter where you end up finding the person and that person who you find is not made in heaven and it's not necessarily your soulmate. It's a person who you happen to come in touch with, who you found attractive for whatever reason, maybe because they just happen to like you or they found you attractive, maybe because you thought they were similar to someone who you'd seen in your lifetime who you happen to be attracted to. Maybe, you know, your heart... We all ask the question, I think, when we get married uh, to our parents, say, how do I know I'm in love? How can you not know? You should really, if it's if it's a black and white thing, and that was the person who was meant to be, you really should have it down pat. No, that that's the person. Why are you asking me the question? You should know a hundred percent. Because love is not like that. Mm. Love is not is not like that. And can it be adjusted? It's just like any emotion, really. Can you stop yourself from getting angry when you feel you've been angry about a particular thing in the past? It's just an emotion. One's a negative emotion. One's a positive emotion. Can you control it? Yes. So I think that helped me when. Even as as uh, business like it may have been to you know to go out and find a woman, it was it worked for me. You know, it, it ended up being that the person who I ended up loving and falling in love with and being very attracted to was not the person on my spreadsheet. She was not 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 listed at all. But action equals reaction. You know, if if something is important to you, you want to make sure that's your entire focus. So if it's business and if it's money, there should be nothing else that you should be doing except for business and money. If it's, you know, if it's travel, then there should be nothing else. There should be no work, no nothing. If it's only travel, then that should be your focus. And for me, it was love, you know. That was my entire focus. There was nothing else that I was interested in doing. Two questions. The first one is, so given what you said you've done it, taken all the time, <coughs> which is more than most people would do, to work out this is exactly the type of person I'm looking for, and yet she didn't fulfill any of those criteria that you were on your spreadsheet well then, why, to, then it goes then that contradicts what you said to me before about yeah. you met your ex just a random person you're attracted to them and blah blah, blah. so how do you know that this isn't the same thing you, oh absolutely could be yeah. oh absolutely because it's be. just early days and it, you were 24 it, years is a long time to be yeah i know and 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 i'm not and afraid I've gained of that, it, and I, not at all I, because in in this moment i am totally and a lovingly obsessed with this woman it's been you know seven years or so since i've been with her and i wake up in the morning every single day when she's right next to me and i want to cry i can't believe the most i've got the most beautiful woman lying next to me and it's like it sounds like i'm on my honeymoon period and i am and i hope to be on my honeymoon period which usually lasts between six months and two years I hope it lasts all my life. But that's exactly the way. I'm Google-eyed over this woman. I'm crazy in love with her. Now, I have ha- I have gained enough wisdom to understand that it may fall apart. It may not work for whatever reason. Who knows? We, we don't really know that. And that's in answer to your question. Yeah. I don't plan for it. I'm not ready for it. It'll, it doesn't really bother me because in this moment, 
Every single day, I am as happy as I could be. And if it comes down to that, then it'll come down to that and we'll deal with it in a new podcast in 25 years. (laughs) So then we can discuss about these things. You can refer back to them and say, but you told me. Listen, that's the way life is. It's fluid. It changes all the time. And I can only express the way I feel now, not based on my past. That's why I never compare my ex-wife to my present wife. Because how I felt then is how I felt then. And, you know, it was based on the knowledge of I, I had in life, my wisdom that I had in life at that moment. And it seemed like the right thing to do. So when I went to my dad and said, tell me, um, you know, how do I know if I'm in love? You know, I just was. For that time, that's what I felt. And it was good. And I'm glad I'm not disappointed about anything I've done. You know, because at that time, it was the right thing to do. And then after 25 years, got divorced. That was the right thing to do. I actually don't believe now, looking back, by the way, this is something that's changed with me over the years. It's We're not designed to be together for such a... Men and women are not just simply not designed to be together for such a long time. That's why I like the idea of having a, a marriage contract that lasts for five, seven or ten years. You know, the only issue is the children, not even money. But uh, so putting that, that aside, I think that we're not really designed to be for, together for such a long time. Genetically, men... Well, men like to fuck. That's, the, that's <laughs> number one, okay? And women, over time, they tend not to want to have as much sex. So there is something pretty obvious about that difference. So putting aside the sexual activity, we, we grow. We're human beings, we grow. We learn things in life, and it's almost impossible that... Not almost. As I said, 15% of people do end up you know, growing together. I'm not, I'm not referring to all people. But for me, and for probably a large majority of people, over a 25-year period, you change a lot. You want different things. I want to simplify my life. I want to, you know, I, I, it just it cannot be the same. So we're just not designed to be together, for men and women, for such a long time. I'm not talking about everyone. I'm saying a large majority. What I believe I understand about the male specimen and what I've learned over the years about the female brain, it's it's very difficult. So it's okay. Things are okay. Got divorced, 25 years, moved on, second life. And I don't think I'm going to live long enough, actually, to have another divorce and another marriage. But who's, who knows, like I said. And do you think that given what you said about well, that was right for you at the time and whatever, you how old were you when you got married? 27, I think. quite Probably quite young. I don't know. Okay, not so young. I thought you were going to say younger. Maybe more. Maybe it was more. I can't recall now. Okay, my eldest is 24. No, it's probably maybe 30. I can't think now. Could have been 30 or so. Maybe, tw- maybe a bit. But anyway, I can't recall exactly. But so you've lived enough, because I thought you were going to say younger, and therefore my point would have been, do you think you just didn't, like, would your advice be to people, don't get married before you're 30 something because you haven't lived no, enough life to no. experience that. Well, well, there's nothing to do with age then? It must be to some it, of course, it has to do with age. It does, but, you know, you can't. It's very hard to. to yes, to, I know it's a very blanket age. I mean, to say. Yeah, but fifteen obviously is too, too young. Yeah, <coughs> look, I'm my, my I've got a twenty-two year old, and I've told her go and travel, get out, don't don't start settling down with anyone, or think about it. You know, life is you're gonna have a long life with someone, and where you you know, which the majority of that life with someone won't only be with someone because you'll have children, and then you're dedicating your your love for those children. So really, you're not gonna have that many if you do end up having children or decide to adopt children. How many years are you gonna have with your partner alone with them? I'm I'm saying generally speaking, let's say you meet someone at the age of twenty five, six, for example, right, and you're falling in love with that person. 
and you decide to you stay together as boyfriend and girlfriend, two, three years, four years, let's say it takes you to 30, you decide to get married, 30, you have kids after 32 because you don't want to be too old, maybe 35. So you're only going to be, you've only been with them seven or eight years to, alone. Then children come along and trust me, it changes, right? And as though you love your child, you go on, you, you go out on your Tuesday night, you know, dates when you have enough money for, for a babysitter. Essentially, it's not the same thing you signed up for. You know, you've signed up to be with this person because you love that person, not because the children they were going to bring you. So then you've got to be with them for the next, you know, 20, 20 years where you're having these children and growing up and making them, making sure they get the best education, the best life, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not really, you know, it, it's a different experience. So how old? It's hard to say, you know, each to his own. Uh, I think, you know, probably if I was to take a number now, ideally, I would say probably about 30 or so, get married. You know, it's, it's, we didn't have our first kid, I think, maybe for four, three, four, five years before our first child came along, which was good. Yeah, travel, go out and see, experience, you know, and see if, see if you know, that five-year contract is, is, is going to be extended before you start having kids, that's for sure, you know. You want to have an exit strategy because if it's not, because you both, what you're really and truly thinking, not what you portray you're thinking, but what you're really thinking is not always exactly the same as to, as I say, what you portray to your partner. Um, sometimes there's things going on and not everyone shares everything and so they shouldn't have to share everything with everybody. So if you've got an exit strategy after a period of time before this children, I would take it. If there was any concern, I would take it. Take it, get out and before this kids, before it gets complicated and just move on. Going back to what you said, you you went to Thailand and that's where you met your partner now, whatever. No, I was already going to Thailand for quite a few years back and forth. Oh forward. yeah, 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 true. Yeah, already, already and then... There. What were you doing in Thailand? While I was there, in terms of relationships or in terms of... In general, in life, what were you doing? Why were you in Thailand? Oh, in Thailand, well, many, 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 many years ago. So it's probably about 10 years ago now. Um, on a trip passing through, I, I fell in love with the place and someone started talking to me about property and telling me how good things are. And this is, well, you know, 10 years ago. So, great. So I thought, okay, I'll have a look at it. And I started to check into it and I'm thinking, oh... There must be something wrong here. <laughs> I'm, it can't all be so rosy. It can't be all perfect. There's, I'm missing something. There must be something missing. And anyway, I'm still saying that to myself 10 years later. I must be missing something because it's too, it's too good to be true. So I sort of took the punt and I borrowed money from a friend and we, we built a little villa essentially and then sold the villa and made you know 30% profit and I paid back money to my friend and then I just did it by myself and I kept on building you know villas and selling them and then there was you know the economy crashed and then and life is simplified which is part of the reason I think that I even wanted to get divorced which was initiated for many years leading up to the divorce I really and truly wanted to simplify my life I wanted to wake up in the morning and then do some work have a shower go for dinner, go to bed and then just do it all over again the next day. Just to, that's it and simplify, you know. It's, uh, and it works. It's great and it's easy and, you know, it's, my business life is separate. You know, I, you know what, what I do for the business but, you know, I have, I, I enjoy travelling with seven kilos on my back and if I have to move from one of the villas because I've rented it out then I'll, and move into a three, three by three little apartment, I'm happy as a pig in shit because it's just simple, you know. There's a le little bit to clean there's a little toilet and it's just a pleasure. You know, it, it brings me back to the days when I was, in fact, married. In the year 2000, I decided to go on a, a trip with my children and now ex-wife around America. We ended up 
you know, planning on a year, which turned out to be a year and a half. We bought a motorhome and we just drove. The beautiful part about it, and I still remember it to this day, you know, after living, you know, like many, a very busy life, you know, living in a house and, you know, a big house full of crap. You know, my girls, I've got three girls, so they, we had like 25 Barbie dolls. And I remember, you know, as we packed up, ready to, you know, sort of sell up and go on this trip, we, I said to my girls, choose three Barbie dolls. You know, three girls, three Barbie dolls, you work, live with it. And they, you know, and they were fine. <laughs> and we cut it down. The, the, anyway, the moment I was referring to was the, the, when we finally got into the motorhome, everything that I possessed, everything that I owned, Except for except for a little a bit of storage was left behind, but essentially everything that I owned was in that twelve and a half meter motorhome, and it was a great feeling. It's just a great feeling. There was just there's a lot of baggage that we carry around, and it's subconscious. It's not just something we think about. Certainly not on a daily basis. Even when you go on holiday, you know, even though you, your house is locked up and stuff like that, it's still there. You know, you've still got it all. It's all baggage that you're carrying around with you. I mean, and you're insuring it, and you 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 know you're protecting it. And I, I just, I, I, I just hated it. And when I moved into that motorhome for a year and a half, I was free of everything. It was the greatest feeling ever. And I think from that moment, I, I, I planned, wanted to find a way to simplify. And it's very difficult in a Western world. You know, you've got people around you who are always upping the ante, who are, you know, who are competing with the Joneses, who are, you know, there's a new cell phone model coming out on. You know, not to say I don't like that stuff because I was, you know, brought up with it around me i'm not i'm not one of these hippies going to live on a commune i'm what i'm saying is that the 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 idea of simplifying getting rid of as much crap as possible is is a wonderful wonderful way because at the end of the day i'm dead in 25 years i can't even take my cell phone i will pass it on to my kids it's it's a wonderful feeling you know walking around or riding around on a bicycle knowing that there's nothing at home to really worry about because i do separate my business life from my personal life so the business and the villas and stuff like that it's it's really separate i don't even stay in them <laughs> you know I, I often will just stay in this little one bedroom place that i rent and not even stay in the villas when they're sometimes available because I enjoy that feeling of, of of simplicity, and yet you didn't come from that. Your family wasn't. You came middle from middle class. A, no, came from a very middle class family. Middle class family had everything, and I, had, I, yeah. I was out there. You know, I yeah, but where do, so where where does that feeling of simplicity? I get what you're saying. So the the idea of having a simple life brings on, you know, a very good feeling for me. I think there's. I lost my train of thought, but I, 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 it was so. Does Thailand? We came back to what you. I'm interested. Does Thailand then help you live in the moment, or do you, were you someone who oh, could I was, do I was, that uh, before? Yeah, I did lose my train of thought. So yeah, it does. In, in Thailand, people do live in the moment because if they have a thousand baht, that's what they know they've got to spend. That's what they spend. I, I, I make more than a thousand baht, but the, the point is that it's enjoyable living like that, and it's it's a very very good feeling, and you you're not really pushed because people, even though people would like to live a you know more comfortable life financially. And there's a lot, a lot of people who don't have that uh, ability to make enough money to live as they we do in the West. So when you're surrounded by this feeling of of uh, of a people who who are similar to the way you'd like to be, it makes it easier to be the person you want to be, as opposed to wanting to be in a, you know, living a simple life in an environment which doesn't necessarily allow for it. Because you know you can't, you need a car because you know you got to get around, right? And then you need gasoline for the car. Then you need, then you need accommodation. You need higher rent, and you got to, or then you got to work, and then you got to need more money. It's just this vicious circle that you, you find you can't, uh, and and you're surrounded by people who want many things, and your friends have these things, and then you feel you, you may you may need them. I don't, I don't, I don't want them. 
So I'm 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 pushing the other way. I'm I'm you know racing towards the grave, knowing in knowing that you know when I'm about to die, these things are not going to mean anything to me. I think about death quite often, actually. Funnily enough, why do you think about death? In a positive way, because it takes me to action. It makes me, it makes me, hold on a second, I've only got 25 years. I'm, you know, 56 years old. I have, you know, realistically speaking, let's say most people live to the age of 70. What is it in Australia? 76, 77. It's only going to give me another 20 odd years. 20 years is not a long time. I've already knocked off 56, only 20 years. And, you know, there's a good chance that the last 10 years I'll have some medical condition. This is assuming I don't get hit by a bus or hit by cancer next year then you can refer back to this, this podcast and play it to my kids. But assuming I do live the 20 years and there's going to be at least five, you know, where you're not necessarily healthy enough. So what have I got, 10 years, 15 years to do what, you know, to, to left to do what I've got to do? So I'm going to worry about all that, you know, that, all that crap. I prefer to simplify. As I approach, you know, my death, because we are, as soon as we're born, we're approaching our death. But as we approach our death, as we're older, we think about it more. Not in a morbid sense. I don't think about it in a negative way. I think in a positive way. Oh, I've only got 20 years left. Let's, what, you know, maybe I should go on that trip. Maybe I shouldn't have to worry about, you know, spending money on that. You sort of, it, it, thinking about death in, is, for me, is, is, is in a positive way that I would um, take to action things that, I, that have become important to me. More love, more, more energy to do the stuff I need. So that's yeah. Do you think going back, looking back, the trip you did with your kids in the RV around America mm. was a catalyst for divorce? Good How question. Long? Good question. Never been asked that before. I'm I'm guessing it probably would be actually. But there, I mean, that how, only, how, only, how, only, how long between before you got divorced, uh, separated? Did Did you go on the trip? Oh, well, that was in 2000. We're in 2000. So it's got to be, you know, many, many years. Look, I mean, it's only because you've asked the question. I mean, I, there would have been a lot of triggers along the way which could have initiated the But do you reckon that planted the seed in the first place? Oh, it could have been. I, I mean, who's to say? You brought it up, so I've agreed with you, but I don't know if that was necessarily the seed or, or it could be in the pre-seed or it could have been the post I don't know. It doesn't... I. I it doesn't really, really matter that much. But it certainly it would have been part of the, the process because anything you do in life becomes part of a process in whatever you end up doing. You, know, you start a business and then you fail in business and you succeed in another business and you fail. It. That idea of failing and succeeding has an effect on your life and would change the way you see many things. So it's not just about love and relationships. I think there's a lot of things that we all do in our lives that changes the way we are as people. So it would be unfair to say that that was the seed or the trigger that made you know, brought on the divorce because we, we still lived together for many years after that. And you talked about businesses and things you do. You, you, when you, what, you, what do you do in Thailand? You said you, I know you mentioned you look after, but you, you've, I know this, you've built. Yeah, so we, we, I, be, I was building villas and selling villas for, for a while then, uh, given the downturn in the number of re requests and what was happening in the world, I stopped that, so I moved into the rental side of things so we just rent out the villas which is very takes my time out but we we always I'm at the moment I'm also now developing another property adding some swimming pools and you know I'm always sort of doing stuff to make it uh, a little bit but that's not exciting your, but that's not your background no my background You're, is not at all my background is in computers that's I've studied I worked with computers for many years and I was I ran a business which did all the training and education for the, the big programs such as the Microsoft engineering program the Bell Bay Networks all these guys who in the, the field of technology and computers. So we would do all the training and education for these guys. That was my field, but no, completely. I stepped away from it, found this 
thing and and I was lecturing as a as a, as a part of my work and I was a little burning out somewhat so the idea of going to Thailand and building as an idea was very attractive because it was very different and it turns out I have have a bit of a skill to it but that's so okay that's um it's you're saying it like it's oh it's, a, it's I just went and decided to build um villas yeah it's a massive divergence from being Someone who uh, teaches people how to use computer programs or and and, and software, etc., to then go over and oh, I'm going to build a house, and it's not just I've seen them. They're not. They're big. They're very nice, and they're a lot of thoughts. Go. That's a, how did you? Where did the? Well, it's the thing, for me. I I see myself actually as, as somewhat conservative. Funnily enough, I actually see myself as very conservative in in many things that I do. But no, I've always been a person who. Who, who follows through and, and just sort of takes action to, to things. If I have this idea, that's why I've had many businesses. I've had many, many businesses. I've, I've, I've been the lice king. I've, I've managed and created products for, for lice. I've, I had even, I was started to dabble in, in clothing for, for bicycles. I've had a flower business. I've had a, a locking device system for cars. I've, oh my God, I can't even remember all the business I've started and stopped. So I, I tend to like ideas that I find to be you know attractive to me in terms of not just finance but in some things that I enjoy doing, and I follow through. That's it. I'm one of these guys who has an idea on a Friday, starts to do investigate it on a Saturday, and then Sunday, you know, really take it on seriously and consider speaking to the bank on Monday. I'm one of those people who actually goes to the bank on Monday. Most people will have dropped the idea because everyone has an idea on Friday. Oh, wouldn't it be good to create this product? And why do we do that? And they they think, yeah, and they go and do it. And then they like, come Friday and Sunday, they're all hyped up. And then Monday morning, they're back in their job and it's gone. So I'm not one of those people. Why do, you, but why do you think, what what, it, what is it about you? Because as you just said, mm. almost everybody has an idea, but never mm. follows through on the idea. Mm. But mm. you do. What, what do you, what's in you that makes you go, it's you know? It's my character. I don't think, I, I don't think that... Um, I, I, I never think I'm going to fail. <laughs> that's for starters. Uh, if I, if it's a good enough idea that I believe it to be true, and other people may around me think it's an okay idea, then I'll go for it. Not every business idea is incredibly successful, but okay. And who cares? Who cares anyway? Whether they fail, I, I certainly don't want to waste my time. You know, we have, we live a short time on this planet. If you think about you know the space of time if you think of hubble that's my kids and i can explain that now but if you think of how big the the universe is and how much time we've spent in this universe we're not even a blimp on on the on 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 the scale of anything so for the short time we have on this planet for the 77 odd years that i'll be around i might as well utilize it very well so the idea of starting and stopping a business is not a big deal for me and and trying something out is also not a big deal and it's not based on money by the way because i've never been incredibly rich I, I think that uh, there, there are sometimes excuses. I feel I had no money, literally like barely any money to start this business in Thailand. There was like nothing. I borrowed from here and I, I, I took on this idea and that idea and, and then one thing led to another thing. But it's about taking action, about having an idea and following through on it. That's what it was for me. Anybody could do it. Anybody right now could pick up right now, I promise you, and do exactly what I'm doing in Thailand. Not a big deal. And you know what? I wouldn't even mind the competition. And if they think that they can't, then that's a story and it's absolute bullshit. Okay? With what, even if they had no money, they could do it exactly. If it was their passion, I wouldn't want them to do it if it wasn't their passion. But I'm saying if it was their passion, they like the idea and they would like to try, they could do it. 
And this is just one idea of a trillion ideas that anyone could do at any time in any country. It's just that we're, we're so, we limit ourselves to, you know, our own postcode and we think, ah, oh, you know, oh, I, I, you know, for all the reasons you, you know, I'm not going to teach anyone new here. The failure idea, the idea that they will fail because they don't like change, because, you know, it's too hard. Whatever reason it is, there'll be people in the world who will not follow through. I think anyone can do anything. It's a matter of sitting down and going through the reasons why they're not doing it, if it was interesting to them or to me. Anybody can do anything they want, within limitations, obviously. I can't go and play tennis in the under-20s because I'm clearly older than that. But most, if I wanted to now, even at the age of 56, if I wanted to become a doctor, if that was important to me right now, so important, like if it was almost important as me finding the love of my life, that sort of level of importance, I could. I would. I would become a doctor in five, six, seven years' time. I could sit down in the podcast right now and show you my certificate that I'm a, doc, a proper doctor. Or any, for anything for that matter. I truly believe, truly, in my heart of hearts, is that we can do absolutely anything when we put our mind to it. If we want to, if we, you know, don't let those demons or little voices in our minds telling us we can't. In answer to your question from before, why did I go to Thailand? It's because... It seemed like a good idea. It has been a great idea and it's been an eye-opener, not just for in terms of you know my incredible life that I have at the moment, but more for realising that I can do absolutely anything I want. Absolutely anything. Because it's interesting, you talked before and I talked to you about building a house or a villa or whatever, and I'm going, yeah, but you're not talking about... Well, there's your mistake right there. You've already said but. Well, that's well, there's, true. There's the, there's, the, there's the mistake already. It, it's, yeah, exactly. Because then I go, there's all these things that would yeah. make me think, but the construction... There's the... your second mistake. You've just, you've just complicated it. Yeah. And, and you've, you've, you've asked too many questions already. Look, it, it, it's like anything. It's baby steps. You can have a vision of something. So the, I want to get from, from where I am now, let's say that's step one, okay? And let's say building a villa or the idea of the image of the villa actually standing in its place that's let's say step number 10 step number 10 so the when you what you do is you think about step number one where you are now not even so much step number one you are at step number one all you've got to do is think about step number 10 now the steps two three four five six seven eight nine they'll work themselves out as they go when you get step number two then you worry about step number three but if you think about all the steps if you think about the steps 10 to 9 that is too much for your brain to comprehend. And that's where you fail. That's where the but comes in that you used. And that's when you think, oh my God, it's too complicated, which is your second problem. That's 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 where most people fail because they think about all those steps they've got to take to get there and all the things that's going to stop them already at step number two and three. Oh, no point going, not even step. All of a sudden, step number 10 just fades away into just a, a little dream. So, but that doesn't work like that with me. I think about step number 10 and I think, okay, I'm off to step number one. And so that ties in perfectly with what you were saying before about finding, you knew that you wanted to after your... Absolutely. It that was, was it. It was very single-minded. Very very... simple. I, do you know, I, I think about my, my um all the time, every single moment of the day. This is already seven years of us being together. I absolutely love this woman to death. She is so incredible. Not because she's incredible, but because... You know what? We've, we, we, we just connect so amazingly. I absolutely love her. And that makes every difference to my life. It makes, when I think about 
pursuing step number two and three, it just makes it so I'll, I'll be floating over to step number two and, and gliding over to step number three because I know that I've got someone who is supportive, loves me, and it just makes life so much easier. So really, I think that, you know, I, I may be going out on a limb here. <laughs> I think it would be important to say, and I'm sure there's times in history where we can refer to kings and queens who, or, or CEOs who, who thank their wives or their partners for their success. I think it should be a, a prerequisite for anyone in life to, you know, succeeding. I'm not saying it's the only, you don't need necessarily, but every one doesn't need a partner in order to succeed. However, if you want to get stuff done in life, right, make sure you have someone who's going to hold your hand, who's going to be with you that you love and you can give to and that you can receive their love from. It just makes everything else a breeze. Everything else, and there's nothing too hard. Because you always know you've always got that partner and that love of your life as, as, a, as a stopping, a stop if, if, uh, if anything goes wrong. You know you've got someone who you can rely on, who you can talk to, who's your best friend, who can, who can be with you through the greatest times, hopefully, or even during, during the hardest times when things don't work out as they should. Because that's life, you know, things just don't always work out. So I think that the, I wouldn't say it's, it's a prerequisite, the first step in starting a business is finding a, a, a partner in life, but I can tell you, for, for me, I have grown, my business ability has grown tenfold since I have had Um with me by my side. And I don't necessarily believe it's because of her input, which it has been as part, but it's mostly because of the way I feel about myself and the way I feel how, I'm in, how I have this joy in my life. So you can't really answer this question, but would you say things have failed in the past because you didn't have her or someone like her? Yeah, I do. Looking back on stuff, I think that uh, with no disrespect necessarily to my ex-wife, but nevertheless say, I think that I was held back in many, many ways. I think that... And I, that, I goes, think I, that goes back to your point about... I'm not simplicity. blaming anyone here. No, no, it's, it's, it's just It's just, it's just a reference to something that's, that I, I'm looking now, even though I don't necessarily want to compare people, obviously, but I can compare my life now, how, how it was then in terms of my success. I can say that there is a clear difference between how it was then. And, and if I use the, my divorce date as a separation date, yes. So my only conclusion is, well... You know, maybe it's to do with, with the fact that I'm, I have this wonderful woman with me now. To be fair, it could also be my age. It could be the fact that I don't have, you know, necessarily younger children. I mean, there's a whole number of factors. So it's not only that, but there is definitely a, a clear change in, in, in uh, the way I'm, I'm managing and seeing my business life or life in general based on post, post-divorce. But you, the one thing that comes through in this conversation is you've talked about it a lot is simplicity. And how that's really important to you. Yeah. And that's something that you weren't aware of until a certain point in your life. That that was, that was something that you needed to be core to who you, how you lived your life. Yeah, but that started, that started well before I got divorced. And then that was, that, was the, that was part of a process that began well before. That's not, I don't know what you're alluding to, but it's not necessarily connected to divorce no, itself. No, I'm saying that's just something that seems to be, it's something that I find okay, interesting okay, okay. about uh, you yeah. that's just that's something that you didn't know until you were a certain point in your life. That, oh, wow, yeah, I need to I, I think the idea of when you think, if, you, if, you, if, you, if your drive is, a lot of the things you do is, is, is based on trying to somehow live a simple life, it, it, it frees up a lot of time and confusion and uh, the, uh, that you would otherwise spend on other crap, 
okay? Because we do spend a lot of time on supporting the things that we need to support that got supported that I that I purchased or or gained in my life, right? So I absolutely when when you, you then you don't complicate things, you know, in terms of the way you are with your friends, in terms of the way you are with your children, with your with your partner, and how you interact. It just when you try to simplify your life, all of a sudden you find you've got time to even give that extra moment of of thought to you know someone serving you at at uh, McDonald's. No, bad example. I don't go to McDonald's, but you know, a, a place where just things you wouldn't necessarily do before. So, uh, and it's all part of the same thing, you know. And you can focus on different things, which are in, not based necessarily around yourself, which makes things, you know, which maybe be maybe the reason why I'm so in love. Because the reason, I, I, you know, that I am with Um, I think, is because. Not the reason, but one of the things that I enjoy about having together um, with with Um is that I I'm able to give her so much. I enjoy enjoy the idea of giving so much that may not have been available if if I was to have met her ten years prior because I was so involved in the complications of life and not been able to realize that that's actually what what, what they're, they're the juices of life is when you can give to others as you as people generally know that's why they like giving charities and that's why they feel good about you know giving and it's an important part of life that the idea of of our, so, so maybe maybe I don't know but maybe if I was to have met um, 10 or maybe longer like I say it may not have worked back then because I was so self-involved and you know committed to other things and made life so complicated when or maybe it just wasn't even possible at that time to simplify because I'd already gone down a path of, of, of maybe no return um, it's hard to say you know there's there's no one to blame it just is this is the moment I have in my life I can be thankful for it right now and that's it there's nothing there's, there's, uh, the only reason I'm bringing up this assessment is because you brought it up, but I don't. Mm. You know, it's not, it's not something I dw- dwell on no. or, or, or and analyze at any point in my life. And and has simplicity so ha- has that affected other relationships with other people? Like you've now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've I've cut a lot of people out of my life. I, I you know, there was many very often I would make an effort with with friends and or acquaintances i'd probably call them because that's the person i am i like to pop into people's places and you know like everyone everyone likes to be liked and i like to and that's how people know me as well very extrovert very happy to visit and pop in but now i've just cut them you know because it's not i'm trying to simplify i've got enough love in my life and things going on that i don't have to do that anymore and especially since the majority of the people would never respond in kind so there would be no initiation on their behalf, so that sort of stuff that I've I would have kept up has has been simplified. So you know, a few good friends, like I said, keep it simple. Wake up in the morning, you know, do what I have to do, and then come home at night. And it's great. It's 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 wonderful. I don't have to think too hard about too many things, and then create stories about things that don't exist in my mind, and then I don't have to worry about the future because that's what it does when you have complicated relationships, or if you have something which is not necessarily normal or if there's things going on in your life and you're always creating stories about how to manage those experiences or how to how i'm going to deal with it when they come about thus creating an illusion to the future which doesn't help you in the moment it just creates a story whereby you you anticipate something that hasn't even happened yet and that further complicates life because you're spending your brain time because there's only a certain amount of brains can can manufacture over a 24-hour period. So using a lot of your brain matter to, to it's like an engine, you know, if you turn on the air conditioning, the, the, the car goes slower. 
because of the, the engines mm. are dedicating time to to running the motor for the of the of the air conditioning. So if you're allocating time of your brain time to with stories about things that don't even exist or haven't happened yet, you're complicating your life. You're mm. complicating your life now. When you when I say we use the word simplicity, but it's 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 a little bit more detailed than that. The idea of simplicity is is linked hand in hand with living in the moment, and not allowing yourself to anticipate too many stories of the future, and and obviously things that have happened that you can't do anything about, i.e. the past, uh, doesn't come into play at all really in in your thoughts, except as it may possibly as an example to how you act now in other words the past experiences have taught you things and you know i've been alive for 56 years so you know i've learned over time that makes me allows me to make hopefully okay decisions or good decisions that i make it on a daily basis so i so really when you live when i talk about living a simple life i'm, I'm also including the idea of living in the moment using the past and experience and becoming aware that if any future stories that i cr- tend to people would tend to create for themselves they they sort of disappear and and don't become part of my my brain usage which makes life pretty easy because every moment's a good moment as long as you're alive you're okay i think that's a pretty good place to um to stop question the question i have for you the last thing is as much as you live this podcast is called more real you live a pretty real life from what you just told me how could your life be more real? How can it be more real? I'm sure there is. It would be arrogant of me to suggest that it couldn't be because that, that, would, that wouldn't be too ple- pleasant to say that I've got it all. But in many ways, the idea of, of me believing that it is real and it is great and I've, I'm achieving all the things I want to achieve is in itself good enough. Without comparing to other people, which I never, ever want to do, I am truly satisfied. I'm truly happy. To the I'm, I'm talking about... 10 out of 10 sort of happy, that sort of experience. That, I'm feeling great. Does that mean that 10's the maximum? No. Every day I could probably achieve another 10. But I think that in my mind, for what I've created, it's pretty good. And it's not luck, you know. I think that there's there's a lot of choices that I've made that, that has helped me get to where I want to get to. And if there's something that I know that I could do that would make me happy... I would actually do it. I would try and do it, include that in my life. So if it's not about achieving. It's like it's like you never really get there. You're always on your way somewhere. And the only time, the only place you get to is your grave, right? But aside from the grave, in terms of your happiness, you you don't sort of there's no perfection in in it at all. But in this moment, I am incredibly happy. And and is there something I could do tomorrow that could make me even happier? I suppose there is. But what's important to note is that if I do find something that's going to make me happier i will i will achieve and 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 pursue it and what it is for me uh you know i i I read a lot of information i i I do a a large amount of reading on what makes people generally happy i'm always learning i don't want to be arrogant to suggest that you know i have all the answers what i do know is that and i say i i do know is that there is no right and wrong there is no good and evil and there's certainly no one truth. There is my vision of the truth. There is my vision of good and evil. But really and truly, it'll be different to other people's vision of what there is right and wrong and good and evil. And that's a discussion also in itself because that... But it's sort of... It, it's sort of it, it, it's, it's almost like a movement into... The last question you just asked is, is, a, is a movement into that question of, of how we, we're sort of going to... How do we, how do we know we're happy? What is happiness? And 
what is it about other people that makes them believe that they are happy? So I say it's connected because it's, it's, it's my perception of what happiness is. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Appreciate the time. No worries. Thank you for listening to More Real. I truly hope you've enjoyed the experience and that you will continue to be here to explore real life with me. If you have, please tell anyone you know about More Real. I love creating a space for real conversations. So if you know anyone who would want to be on this podcast, please email me at moreal1, one is spelt O-N-E, at gmail.com. Once again, moreal1 at gmail.com. I'm very grateful as always for your support.